Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Nice. Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah. Phone plan, streams, and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See CricketWireless.com for details. Welcome. We are so excited uh, that you are here. Uh, we're so excited to bring to you uh, something that's going to help leaders go further, faster. I'm Bishop Kevin Foreman. This is our Harvest Leadership Network. It's our call, which will also be available on podcast. Let's pray. Father, I bless you and honor you and thank you for these great, awesome, incredible leaders that are gathered here now live on our call and those that are also uh, listening to this via the podcast. I pray that you'd speak with clarity. I pray that you would speak with strength into their lives uh, such that they are able to walk in the things that you have ordained. I pray that if they've been weary, Father, that you would now show up and give a roadmap. I pray that, that if they felt unfocused, that you'd bring them focus. If they felt not good enough, that you'd bring them a solidarity of their value tonight. Whatever it is that they lack as a leader tonight, I endeavor to pour into them tonight so that we can see your kingdom advance. In Jesus' name we pray. All the leaders say it. Amen. Again, if you're just <clears throat> hopping in, you'll notice the lines automatically muted. We do that so that we can have a call that's unobstructed by noise or, in, or outside influences. A couple things just to remind you about. Get the Harvest app. It's totally free. Ton of life-giving music, messages, and more. All you got to do is text HARVEST. The word H-A-R-B-E-S-T to the phone number 59769. You can get our free mobile app, and you can get tons of great resources available for you. In that app, if you want to do a one-on-one -on -one session with me, many leaders like taking advantages, excuse me, advantage of those one-on-one -on -one sessions, whether it's about their ministry, their business, their family. Sometimes it's just about life stuff. And uh, those one-on-one -on -one sessions last an hour. You can do it via phone, via Skype. You can come physically to the campus, and we can do those sessions. They're discounted for Harvest Leadership Network members, and so I encourage you uh, to do that. Uh, we use the sessions, the offerings given for our sessions. That's actually how we, uh, part of how we fund Harvest Missions. So the missions work that we support uh, across America and around the world, over $265,000 given away. Part of how we do that is through our one-on-one uh, -on -one sessions. So be mindful of that. If you want to join the Leadership Network, we love for you to join. Currently, there's no cost to do it. A couple of upcoming events to be mindful of at the time of this call, which will become our podcast. We're doing a Friday Night Fire event. It's one night of fire that will ignite your faith. The, first, the, the next one, rather, is on June 7th in Memphis, Tennessee. Come on, Memphis. June 7th, Memphis, Tennessee. We'd love for you to be there. All you have to do is text COMING, C-O-M-I-N-G, the 59769, or you can go to harvestsearch.church, click on events, and register that way. Also, registration is free, but we ask that you register so we can plan for you to be there. The next one after that will be July 19th. July 19th uh, will be Friday Night Fire Atlanta. We're going to be in Atlanta. We're looking forward to that. So if you know folks or you're in the Atlanta area, we would love for you to be with us. Again, it's going to be one night of fire. It's going to ignite your faith. It's going to be great worship, great word. 
prophecy. It's for everybody. Everybody's invited. Everybody's included. Nobody's excluded. One other date I want you to be mindful of is in the month of September. Just want you to mark the dates. I'll tell you what's coming later. Just want you to mark the dates now, September 11, 12, and 13. September 11, 12, and 13. Just want you to mark the dates now. I'll tell you what's coming at our next call, and you'll get email and text about it. I also, uh, before we get into the talk for tonight, want to encourage leaders uh, that you sow uh, tonight following tonight's talk. I'm a big believer in sowing, a big believer in giving, especially if you're part of our network. I want to encourage you to be a faithful giver. So tonight's talk is really going to help you. Uh, it's really going to speak to a lot of what you deal with as a leader that nobody ever told you. There's a lot of things that we face and confront and deal with as leaders that nobody ever speaks to, nobody ever gives clarity to, never about it, nobody ever makes it clear that that's going to be part of our journey. And so tonight's going to help you good. So I challenge you to sow tonight, post tonight's talk. Some can sow 25, some can sow 50, some will sow 100, some will sow 1,000, some will sow 5,000. You can do that tonight. Following tonight's talk, you can use Cash App, Cash tag Bishop Foreman if you want to give it that way, or Cash tag Harvest Church Give. I'm going to give it to you one more time. Cash tag Bishop Foreman, B-I-S-H-O-P-F-O-R-E-M-A-N, or Cash tag Harvest Church Give. If you want to do it on our website, you can do that too. Just go to harvestchurch.church, click the Give button. You can get it on our app. You can click the Give button there, and you can use text to give. You can text the amount you want to give. So it just takes, for example, 1,000 to 84321. It's going to give you a prompt. You're going to put in the zip code for the church, 812. You'll see the V, and that's how you'll know that's where you want to be. Okay, leaders, let's jump into it. I'm so excited. I want to say this to you tonight um, before uh, I get into tonight's uh, talk. And uh, so many leaders are being blessed by their connectivity to the network um, that you really have got to go read what we call our Change Lives blog. It's available, again, in our mobile app. Everything connected to Harvest, connected to me. We try to make it convenient and easy for you to access. It's in our mobile app, and uh, it's there for you. And uh, so many great things are, are right there in the app. And so many praise reports, even from leaders, uh, pastors, bishops, leaders, uh, CEOs, I mean, so many great individuals that um, connect to us and that submit their praise reports. So I want to encourage you to go check, check those out. Here's one right here. Um, this is why I believe in sowing. This is this. Shalom Sowing, Friday Night Fire. is the one we did in Denver. You called for everyone who needed a miracle in their finances to come to the altar. I lost my job a couple weeks ago, and I've been getting by by the grace of God. After we prayed, you told everyone to sow a $50 seed to seal what we prayed for. That's why I've already challenged you leaders already to sow as soon as we complete tonight. Today, I woke up to find my credit score increase. Watch this, leaders, 100 points. And it's now the highest it has ever been. Thank you for teaching us how to be faithful givers. Hashtag faithful givers flourish. So you can check out the praise reports and see how God is moving and working in the lives of people connected to Harvest. To me, it's all about results. I want to see results in your life and results in the lives of the people that you lead. And so that's why I do this. It's not because there's nothing else I got to do. It's because I believe in investing and pouring into leaders. I want to make a statement to you. You ready? Let's jump into this. I want to make a statement, leaders. Leaders must learn to live in grief. Woo! I just gave you a mouthful. I'm going to back that thing up. Leaders must learn to live in grief. Um, grief is simply our human response to loss. Grief is simply our natural human response to loss. And in this, I want to give you a scripture, Isaiah 53, 4. Surely, that means it's a done deal. It's an absolute. He has borne, that word born means taken or lifted and carried away our griefs 
and carried away our sorrows. That means mental pain. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, 4, he's taken, he's lifted away, he's carried away our griefs. Notice griefs is plural, carried away our sorrows. Notice sorrows is plural. Whenever you are a leader, you must learn to live in grief. And learning to live in grief means there is this perpetual exchange that goes on as a leader where you are dealing with loss that you have to continue to depend on God to help you through that loss. Now, grief is our natural response to human loss. It can be the loss of a loved one, being diagnosed with a chronic or terminal disease, disability from an accident or illness, divorce, not knowing what's coming, breakups, uh, uh, miscarriages, stillbirths, the birth of a child with a birth defect, diagnosis of infertility, a learning disability, substance abuse, disorder, moving from a familiar home, job loss or inability to produce substantial income, uh, the loss of independence, uh, an act of violence, or a natural loss. Loss. Grief is our natural response to loss. Now, what's significant about this, leaders, is whenever you are leading anything, you are always going to deal with loss. Now, there is something called the paradox of grief, the paradox of grief. The paradox it simply means this. It's a statement that apparently contradicts itself, and yet it might be true. See, you can be grieving uh, something that you've lost, but watch this. Grief is crazy in this sense because, watch this, you can also be grieving a loss related to a normal, seemingly positive life change. I'm going to say it again. You can also be grieving a, a loss related to a normal, seemingly positive life change. And when you're a leader, you're going to deal with both sides of this. You're going to deal with loss that you might deem to be negative, and you're going to deal with loss that is positive, all right? Let's look at this. Before we get into that, there's five categories of the symptoms of grief that every leader has to deal with. Um, the five categories of symptoms are first physical symptoms. If you're dealing with these symptoms right now, you're a leader, but right now you're dealing with grief. And I want to help you uh, because when you're a leader that's grieving, if you don't know how to process that grief and deal with that grief, you are a leader that's going to be a bleeder. You will bleed on the people that you lead, so you will be a very ineffective leader. And I want, I want you, before you say, oh, no, Bishop, this is not something I need to hear, I want you to hear this talk out because I promise you leaders have to learn how to live in grief, and I need, I need you to see this. The physical symptoms, disturbances in your sleep patterns, fatigue, restlessness, nausea, pain, tension in the body, decreased immune system, difficulty stopping activity, being inactive, and unusual clumsiness. Those are physical symptoms. Then you have the emotional symptoms of grief. That is crying, sadness, fear, anxiety, feeling numb, empty. Sometimes you can be a leader encouraging other people and feel empty yourself. Loneliness. And just because you have people around you doesn't mean you won't feel lonely. Anger, helplessness, being irritable, a sense of observing yourself, guilt, reduced confidence, lowered self-esteem, loss of interest in previously enjoyed activities. Those are the emotional symptoms. Here's the cognitive symptoms of grief. Slow thinking or processing. It takes you a long time to make simple decisions. Uh, mental confusion, false daydreams or flashbacks. You'll look back on something that was bad and you'll call it good. Those are the cognitive manifestations in your mind. Here are the spiritual manifestations of grief. Watch me, leaders. A sense of distance from God. Wow. You can even be a pastor and feel distance from God. You can be a leader leading people spiritually and sense distance from God. 
you're going to have anger at God and even isolation uh, from, watch this, the enjoyment of church. You can go through the motions of church, but I've lost the enjoyment of church. And you can say, well, I'm over church. You're not over church. You know, especially in America today, we have this whole thing where people say, well, I'm into God, but I'm not in the church. No, what really happened is that they were grieving. And in their grief, something spiritually manifested that no one taught them how to address and how to confront, which is why we're doing this tonight. Finally, the social manifestations of grief. You isolate yourself. You withdraw. You have a preoccupation with your own feelings, and you exclude others. You will literally wall other people out and wall other people away. You uh, can have marital or relationship stress. The people who are closest to you often will be treated the worst when you are grieving. Those are the social manifestations. Now, it makes sense, y'all, to be grieving if you lost something. Let's think about it in a leadership context. If you lost uh, some revenue, if you lost a building, if you uh, lost some leaders that were very key to your organization, uh, if you lost, uh, you know, a financial backer, if you lost a financial opportunity, that makes sense. But as I've already mentioned, there's something called the paradox of grief. And a paradox is something that apparently contradicts itself, but yet it's true. It's almost like this, good grief. You ever heard that saying, good grief? Watch this. Grief is crazy because you can also experience loss related to a normal, seemingly positive life change. Let me give you some examples. Um, if you, let me give you some life examples. If you start school, all right, that's a good thing, but watch where grief comes in. Because you've lost your familiar surroundings, you can now be grieving. Wow. Leaders, hear me. Good things can be happening for you, and you can still be grieving. You can finally be making progress. You can finally be making advancements. You can finally be achieving things. And in all of that, you can still be grieving. Watch me. Here's another uh, life thing. Marriage. You can get married and go into grief. Why? You've lost your independence or your sense of independence. The birth of a child. You've lost certain freedoms. Uh, Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right? Uh, uh, Retirement aging and maturing losing your physical strength and your youthful appearance. Now you can go into grief over that. When you finally get serious about God, uh, you have a loss uh, of what you knew because you are becoming new, so you're losing the familiar. Uh, When you get a breakthrough, watch me, leaders. Now that you've lost your struggle, you can be grieving. Watch this. When people walk out, I need you to know the Bible says that they went out from among us that it might be made manifest that they were not of us, because if they were of us, they would have continued with us, which means people that are bad can go, and you be grieving their loss. I need you to know that if you're going to be an effective leader, you're going to have to get used to dealing with grief. And this is super important, leaders, because most of the times we've never been taught about that. We've never been taught about the fact that we can be grieving over good things, And we can also be grieving over seemingly positive things at the same time. What happens is, is that, watch this, if you don't understand grief, then what ends up happening is that you will end up attributing, uh, you'll make poor decisions. You will not only make poor decisions, you will end up making false attributions. You'll give false credit to false things. You will will say, well, you know what, if so-and-so had to done this, then this wouldn't have happened. If so-and-so wouldn't have done this, and then this one to happen. And the reality is, leader, is you've got to learn how to live with grief. So let me give you some practical ways to deal with the grief that you're going to have as a leader. And some of those griefs are going to be good, 
and some of those griefs are going to be bad. Some are going to be positive. Some are going to be negative. Either way, what happens is whenever you process something as loss, your body then goes into the grieving process. And I need you to know, number one, progress is achieved through process. That understood, we serve a God that made us a promise that he take, he lift, and carried away our grief. Progress is achieved through process. Now, this isn't just spiritual. Sometimes you need a third party, a counselor, a coach, a therapist, not your crazy cousin. You need a safe place. It's one of the reasons we offer one-on-one sessions uh, for anyone, but I especially encourage leaders to get them because sometimes, leaders, you need to talk to somebody that can give you objective information, not subjective, not as a result of what you're going through and what you're dealing with, that can give you objective information. There's five stages of grief. And right now, every individual under the sound of my voice and listening to this podcast, you're dealing with one of those stages, all right? You're dealing with one of those stages from something. Certain areas of your life, you can be totally healed, you can be totally whole. In certain areas of your life, you can be right in the middle of grieving. And I need you to know how to deal with that grief. Because leaders, I don't need you to make bad decisions when you're grieving. I don't need you to give up when you need to press harder. Watch this. You don't need to press harder when you need to throw something away. Uh, I need you to be everything God has ordained for you to be. So right now, I speak to you, leader. I speak health to you. I speak strength to you. I speak God's word to you. I declare that wherever you're at in the grieving process in any area of your life, that healing would be your portion. In Jesus' name, I need a leader right there to just say amen. I need a leader right there to just say, I received that. Say it, say it, say it. All right? Five stages of grieving. The first is denial. All right? Now, remember, you can have one area of your life where you're good. But let's just use this example. Let's say some people, because every leader is going to deal with this. Every leader is going to have people who walk away from you. That's the job. Okay? Every healthy body ejects anything cancerous. I'm going to say that again. Every healthy body ejects anything cancerous. Stop thinking that because people walk out that you did something wrong. In your natural body, when your body detects a foreign object, it is the job of your immune system to fight it off. And in fighting it off, it's your body's job to isolate that foreign object, that cancerous tumor, and to push it out and to push it away. And so I need you to know that you've got to be able to move in that and walk in that, all right? So you need to not think that everybody that walks away from you, oh, we lost so-and-so, we lost so-and-so. Listen, you need to thank God. Matter of fact, can we just take five seconds, leaders, and give God some worship? Watch this. For the cancers that he got out of your church, that he got out of your business, that he got out of your family, that he got away from you. Can we just take a few seconds and give you glory? God, we give you glory for the cancer that you remove because when we're healthy, we remove things that don't fit. We remove things that are cancerous. We bless you and honor you right now in Jesus' name. I need you to not look at everybody, at everybody um, that walks away as if something bad has happened. The reality is if it's healthy, oftentimes God will make sure that the negative of it is pushed out and pushed away. All right, so here's the first stage of grief. One, they deny that the event is happening. This normal, it normally includes a withdrawal from social activities and your normal everyday routine, all right? The denial stage is normally this stage, leader. It's, it's the lying stage, right? It's the stage, leader, where you're, you're pretending like it's not that. Um, and, and sometimes we need to be honest to say, you know what, that hurt me. Or we need to be honest to say, you know what, I really loved that person. And even though they were cancer, 
And even though they were bad for the church and even though they were bad for our organization, I love that person, all right? Number two, anger. Anger. It's common for a person to lash out in the anger stage of grieving and to begin to question why. Why did this happen? Why did this person leave? Why did they go? And in that, uh, you can be angry at you. You can also be angry at whoever caused the pain. And I need you to hear me. When you're angry, leaders, be very careful when you're making decisions because anger is one letter away from danger. And you can make very dangerous decisions when you're angry. Grief is the source of unnecessary failure because it makes people act without regard to consequences. And many are grieving and don't even know it, and their grief is making them act out without regard for consequences. They hurt themselves, and it becomes a cycle. So hurting people hurt people. Grieving people cause people grief. So as a leader, you have to learn, watch this, how to deal with new people coming around you while grieving people who are not around you anymore. Are you hearing me? You've got to learn how to welcome new folk while at the same time you're healing from what old folk have done. And you can't make new people pay for what old people have done. A grieving person ends up doing things that create the, uh, uh, for others the same feelings they're experiencing. Misery loves company. And watch me, leaders. Grief is a sniper. It hides itself and then pop. It sabotages with one bullet. You blow up at the meeting. If you're a pastor, you blow up uh, at the pulpit. You blow up at a leader who didn't do anything wrong. The good people are paying for what the bad folks have done. And you've got to know because, watch this, grief will hide itself, especially in this anger state, because as humans, we don't like to feel weak. So whenever we feel like we've been, uh, 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 you know, aggrieved in some way, what ends up happening is we don't like to feel weak, and sometimes we can snap, crackle, and pop, and we can do something that's very uh, 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 counter what we're trying to achieve. And remember, you can be grieving about multiple things, at the same time and be in different stages of that grief. Here's stage three, bargaining. This is when you start bargaining with God. I'll be a better person if. I'll do it different if. In hopes of turning events around. You bargain with yourself. I should have, would have, could have. I need every leader to realize, listen to me, listen to me. You did the best you could with what you knew at that time. I'm going to say it again. As a matter of fact, some of you need to write that down because you are walking in guilt as a leader. You, you feel like you're a bad leader. You feel like you're not effective. You feel like you're not good because you were dealing with grief. And I need you to know you did the best you could with what you knew at that moment. So get rid of the shoulda, woulda, coulda, and wake up to the I'm here right now, and I got to make the best out of it. And if it's a bad situation, I got to make the best out of it. Wherever I'm at, I have to make the best of it. Can I challenge you, leader, for a minute? Can you write that down? Yes, I must make the best of where I'm at. Stop whining about it. Don't complain about it. Don't wish it was different. Just make the best out of what you got. Stop bargaining because whenever you start doing the shoulda, woulda, coulda game, you are not going to make progress. Number four, depression. And you can hear me, leaders. Depression is real. And many leaders will schedule moments with depression. You're great on the stage until you get off of it. You're great with the microphone until it's not in your hand. You're great in front of people until you have to deal with yourself. And I need you to know that you have got to move past the stage of depression that can show up. See, depression is the feeling of giving up and not caring anymore. And there are people who are in the depression stage that often report feeling numb. You feel numb. You're numb as a leader. You're numb uh, when you're giving information to people. You're numb uh, when you're sharing information with people. You're just totally numb. And I need you to know that depression is part of the process, but it's not the end of the process. 
Can we take a few seconds to pray for fellow leaders that are dealing with depression right now? And maybe you are one right now. And the reason I had to do this, we also talked about something similarly in the last couple of weeks on the Bishop Kevin Former radio show, because I realized there's so many people that are grieving. And as we're getting ready to head into a new season, the season's changing, and for many people, you need to let the grief of the last season go. You need to let the depression of the last season go. You need to let the failures of the last season, you've got to let that stuff go. Father, we pray for every leader right now that feels numb, that feels depressed, that feels like not going on. We pray for them right now, and we speak your word over them and your word concerning them. And we pray, Father, that you would do what only you can do in their lives and that you would bring healing to their depression. We speak life into their lives. We speak shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, and all is well. In Jesus' name, everybody say it. Amen. Here's the fifth stage of, of the grieving, grieving process. It's acceptance. Um, this is when you accept the event has happened and you make a conscious decision to move on. In the context that we gave about people walking away from you, because every leader is going to deal with that, even Jesus dealt with it, all right? Paul dealt with it. It doesn't matter how good of a leader you are, there are people who are going to walk away from you, and you need to know that's not a bad thing. You've got to accept it. In that example, you have to accept it. Stop trying to figure out what they're doing, where they're at, where they're going. Let that go. The scripture talks about strengthening the things that remain. And as a leader, I want to encourage you that there's some things you need to accept. I want to challenge you, leader, to just take a few minutes after we get off of our call or those listening to this on podcast, I want you to take a few minutes to write down some things you need to accept. I want to also challenge you to write down some things where maybe you're in one of the other stages. Maybe you're still angry about it. Maybe you are still bargaining. Maybe you're depressed about it. Uh, maybe you're denying that it's happened, right? Maybe some of you keep saying, no, they'll be back, they'll be back, they'll be back. Maybe you keep saying, oh, I'll get this, I'll get this. Maybe you're denying the reality of your circumstances or situations. I want you to move in this thing, and I want you to understand that. The importance of this is so that you are able to walk in, uh, watch this, uh, this progress or this process that's going to give you progress. This process gives you progress. That's the grieving process. Here's the second point to help you deal with grief. If handled properly, grief can make you wiser. Wow. If handled properly, grief can make you wiser. Ecclesiastes 1.18, it says, for in much wisdom, watch this, leaders, is much grief. In much wisdom is much grief. Wow. And he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Y'all better get the heck out of here. It says, if you're wise, a lot of your wisdom has come from grief. And if you're going to increase your knowledge, a lot of the increase of your knowledge is going to come from sorrow. Grief introduces you to yourself. See, you know all of these other people, but leader, do you know yourself? What are you absent the people you lead? Whoa, let's get real. Leaders, you must learn how to lose. Wow. Wait a minute, Bishop. I, I thought you were the preacher that talks about winning and ruling, reigning, conquering, and some doing. Absolutely. In the process of ruling, reigning, conquering, and subduing, you're going to deal with loss, whether it's positive loss or negative loss. Remember, we already talked about how you can experience good things but still process them as loss. Uh, at the end of the day, Christianity is based off of the principle of the cross. You've got to kill the lesser to get the greater. Sometimes you've got to lose good to get great. Wow. Sometimes you've got to lose average to get excellent. Sometimes you've got to lose what you have in order to gain what you want. 
Sometimes you have to lose what you're familiar with so you can gain, watch this, what you are favored for. Whew, let me say that again. You got to lose what you're familiar with so you can gain what you're favored for. Joseph had to give up that coat of many colors that his father had given him and his brothers taunted him for. But in giving that up and going from the pit into the, the uh, 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 Potiphar's house as a slave, into the prison, and then to the palace, he was favored for the palace, but he had to give up what it was that he got before he ever went into the pit. I need you to know you're bigger than your zip code. I need you to know that you're bigger than the environments that you are currently in. I need you to know God's placed something great on the inside of you, but you have to learn how to lose. You've got to learn how to give up lesser for greater, all right? You've got to learn how to give up average so you can get excellent. You've got to learn how to give up excuses so that you are able to make advances, all right? Now, Everything in Christianity is based off the principle of the cross. You've got to crucify something to gain something else. You have to give to get. You have to give up to gain. You have to crucify one to get two. If you crucify Jesus, you get the world. You get the principle, all right? So out of your grief, here's the second challenge I want to give you because the principle there, leaders, is this, is that if handled properly, grief can make you wiser. What are the top three lessons the last 12 months have taught you? What are the top three lessons the last 12 months have taught you? Leaders, please just don't think it. Please write it. The Bible says in Habakkuk chapter 2, write the vision, make it plain, that he who reads it can run with endurance. There are many things that you're not able to run with or run in because you did not write them down. You're trying to remember them, and in trying to remember them, you're not going to be able to run with them. And I want to challenge you in this regard. I want to challenge you to write it down. What are the top three lessons from the last 12 months? Here's the final thing I want to get you to. Thirdly, if handled properly, Grief can get you double, all right? Um, this is where the preachers in the room would shout. This is where everybody would shout. <clears throat> we know a man <clears throat> named Job in the Bible. And in Job chapter 42 uh, is the end of Job's grief. If you read the first two chapters of Job, first two chapters of Job, in fact, you see that Job lost a lot. So what did Job enter into, guys? He entered into grief. I need you to hear me. Here's Job, a blameless man. It doesn't mean he's perfect. That just meant he was repentant. He's a blameless man. He, he, he's sacrificing for his kids. He's giving offerings for his kids. He's a great leader in many ways, the scripture says, as it relates to his family. And here Job loses some stuff. And watch me. Job didn't lose because he had done anything wrong. Stop thinking as a leader that if you experience any type of loss that you did something wrong. I want to make a very powerful statement. I want to slow down when I say it. Sometimes what you have sown is insufficient for what you prayed for. So sometimes the loss you experience is called a forced seed. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes what you have sown is insufficient for what you've prayed for. So what you experience is simply a forced seed. It is God saying, for what you asked me for, there has got to be greater seed in the ground. And so the loss you experience is simply seed. It's simply investment. Job chapter 42, uh, if, if you know the Bible, you know it. I'm just going to read you a few of the verses out of chapter 42. It says, then Job answered, this is verse 1, when the Lord said, I know you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I uttered what I did not understand. This is Job. Listen to what he's saying. Remember those five stages of grief? 
This is Job doing what? This is Job accepting it. Now, throughout the last several chapters, Job cursed when he was born. Job had three friends that gave him bad counsel. Job was back and forth with God. Uh, uh, the Lord has to check Job several times because Job just coming at him sideways because he's grieving. And what I love about it is God lets us in on these private moments. And what I love about it is that it shows us that even in our moments where we've mishandled our grief, God doesn't give up on you. I need you to hear me, leader. God has not given up on you. God's not thrown in the towel on you. God's not walked away from you. God has not said that you're not going to be able to get it done. In fact, I need you to write this down, manifestation. This is a year of manifestation for you. You're going to see what you've sown for. You're going to possess what you've prayed for. You're going to have some results in your life. Job 42, he starts accepting it. Verse 4, uh, he says, listen, please, and let me speak, you said. I will question you, and you shall answer me. He says, I've heard you by the hearing of ear, but now my eyes see you. Job said, thank you for letting me go through this because I heard about you, but I didn't really know you. I know you better. I need you to hear me, leader. Thank God for what you lost because it made you find the Lord in a greater way. It made you pray more. It made you worship more. It made you give more. It made you put your faith in him and not in people. It made you put your faith in him and not in your money. It made you put your faith in him and not in your education. Watch me. He says, verse 6, Therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. So it was after the Lord spoke these words, the Lord go, uh, I'm going to paraphrase, he goes to Job's three friends, and he tells them, listen, uh, y'all better take an offering to Job, because if Job does not pray for you, God essentially says, I'm going to handle you. And what's significant, here's verse 10. Uh, first of all, the Lord makes his friends so an offering to them. I need you to know there are going to be some people that have wronged you that are about to sow into you. I need you to shout off for that leader. I don't care if people are sitting right next to you and you at a restaurant listening to this on your earphones. I need you to shout right there because there's some people that wronged you that are about to sow into you. There's some people that were talking about you that are about to sow into you. There's some people that were saying you never achieve it that are about to sow into you. I need you to get excited because God's about to make the very same people that said things were not going to work out for your favor. God is going to cause them to sow into you uh, in Jesus' name. Verse 10, and it says, and the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Job, when he handled his grief right, what did he get? Double. Come on, preachers, let's preach it. He gave him double for his trouble. But why did Job get double? He didn't just get double because God decided, okay, I'm going to do it. He got double when he handled his grief properly. I need you to hear me, leader. You've got to handle your grief properly because there's a harvest with your name on it that can't be released with you still angry, that can't be released with you still depressed. I, need, I wish I was in church shouting right now. That cannot be released while you're still in denial. That can't be released while you're still bargaining. It can only be released till you get to that fifth stage of grief, which is acceptance, where you say, Lord, it is what it is, so I'm going to move forward. I'm going to move into manifestation. I'm going to let go of what was, and I'm reaching forward to those things that are ahead of me. I'm wiser now. I'm better now. I'm smarter now. I'm stronger now. You need to hear me, leader. There is a harvest waiting on you to get healed. My God, I could throw my laptop. There's a harvest waiting on you to get whole, waiting on you to get healed. Job didn't get double for his trouble just because God woke up one day 
course, the Lord doesn't sleep nor slumber, but you follow the point. This because God decided today it's going to happen. No, nothing just happens. Why did Job get double? He got double because he handled his grief properly. I need you to know, leader, hear me. There's a harvest waiting on you to get healed. I'm going to say it again. There's doors that have not opened for you because you are still grieving in certain areas. But God says, I need you to get through that. I need you to get past that. And here's the greatest part, leader. Here's the greatest part. You're going to say, Bishop, when I tell you, you're going to be like, why are you saying it's the greatest part? This won't be the last time you lose. This won't be the last time you hurt. This won't be the last time somebody walks away from you. This won't be the last time you're dealing with controversy. This won't be the last time you're dealing with a challenge. Any leader that's growing will always be dealing with grief. I'm going to say it again. Any leader that is growing will always be dealing with grief. You're always going to have to learn how to deal with that process because great leaders have to learn how to live with grief. You're going to have to learn how to be healed in certain areas, and you're going to have to learn how to new stuff to happen. Never think you're going to get to this place where you're not going to deal with any grief. That means you've stopped growing, and you're not that type of leader. Would you say that with me? I'm not that type of leader. Please say it with me. I'm not that type of leader. One more time, I'm not that type of leader. You need to know that because when you know that, what you think is unique to you, you'll realize, oh, my God, tons of people are dealing with this. Tons of people deal with this challenge. I'm not alone. I'm not by myself. Leaders, was that not good or what? So, listen, I want to encourage you, again, to do a couple of things. One, do not forget um, to write down some your three greatest lessons over the 12, last 12 months. I want to encourage you to be honest about where you're at in some of the areas of grief, and I want to challenge you to take the necessary steps to move forward. Maybe that's setting up a one-on-one session with me. I'd love for you to do that. Maybe that's getting some teaching resources that we've got available. Because of the faithful giving of the people of Harvest, tons of messages are available uh, through our mobile app. Text HARVEST to 59769 to get it on our YouTube channel or our podcast that deal with that subject of grief. And thirdly, leaders, I want to challenge you to sow. I want to challenge you to sow today. Some can do 25, some can do 50, some can do 100, some can do 1,000. I want to challenge you to sow. Bishop, why in the world am I sowing? Uh, let me tell you why uh, you are sowing. It's right here in the text in Job chapter 42, verse 11. It says, Then all his brothers, his sisters, and all who had been his acquaintances before came to him. They food with him in his house, and they consoled him and comforted him for all the aversion that the Lord had brought upon him. And each one gave him a piece of silver and each one a ring of gold. Here's what's significant. Job, who was such an extravagant sower before his grief, now people were extravagantly sowing into him at the end of his grief. See, the reason God gives us an opportunity to sow is so that we continue to grow even in the midst of grief. So I want to challenge you to do that today. If you want to do that, if something blessed you today, if you were encouraged today, if life was spoken in you today, you can do that. You can give it on our website, harvestchurch.church forward slash give. You can give it on our mobile app. When you text harvest to 59769, you can give that way. Uh, you can also send a uh, check or money order. Uh, the address is on our website, harvestchurch.church. If you're a Cash App user, it's cash tag Bishop Foreman, F-O-R-E-M-A-N, or cash tag Harvest Church Give. You can give it that way. Or if you want to use text to give, you can text it to 84321, put the amount, you know, 1,000 to the number 84321, uh, or however you want to do that. And then from there, you'll put in the zip code 812, and you'll look for the V for Harvest Church. you look for the V, and you can give it that way. I want to challenge you to sow today. 
leader. And sowing, what are you sowing for, Bishop? You're sowing into your own healing. That's what you're sowing into as a leader. I want to cover you in prayer now as we wrap up our call. Father, we honor you, bless you. Thank you for these world-changing, life-giving, incredible leaders. Thank you for our call today. I pray that something was said that would bring life to them, that would bring healing to them, that would strengthen them as a leader to know how to deal with grief even as they are leading, to know how to lead and bleed at the same time. I speak life into them. I speak strength into them. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Hey, listen, leaders, I've enjoyed spending this time with you today. This will be available on podcast tonight, so you'll be able to get it tonight uh, through the Bishop Kevin Foreman Leadership Podcast. Hey, listen. Uh, please make sure that, again, you get our app so you can stay connected to everything Harvest and go back and listen to replay. I gave you some dates for Friday Night Fires coming up, uh, Memphis, June 7th, Atlanta, July uh, 19th. The time of this podcast is the month of May of 2019, and so if maybe you're listening to it in May of 2022, and so those dates have already passed and changed, but we're so glad and so thrilled that you've been on with us today. Hey, listen, uh, also, too, at uh, 7 o'clock in about 15 minutes, the Bishop Kevin Former Radio Show comes in on, too, so you can go to our social media and connect with us on Instagram to be a part of that. Have a great day, everybody. Shalom. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.